my great grandfather was a drummer. My mother's father was a drummer, and I'm a drummer. It's a special bondage between a drum and a drummer. So when you're playing, you get a little possessed. Apintima is the drum that I'm playing, and it's the drum that we're talking about, which is found in the British Museum. It's played with a bare fist. You don't use stakes in playing a pintama, you play with your bare hand, your bare palm. Whilst you play it, because you're using your bare palm, it should be painful. But because of the kind of bondage, the kind of connection you have with the drum, you don't feel it. You get so charged, you get so spiritually attached, you get so overwhelmed that you don't feel the pain. That's so special and so wonderful about the kind of connection a drummer has with his drum. Stolen land. Stolen culture. Vice. 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 News presents the Unfiltered History Tour. Colonialism as told through ten objects. My name is Ernest Dumfe. I work at the Kumasi Cultural Center as a drummer and dancer. I've been playing since age four, so you can imagine how long I've been playing. The drum from the British Museum is called a pentima. It is an Akan drum. It is from Ashanti. It is from Ghana. It is from my people. I think it is a drum that could be taken during the time of the king of Ashanti, Ken Premper the first was exiled to Seychelles. Back then, the British were the overlords of the Ashantis because they were our colonial masters. They thought the Ashantis were powerful, so they needed to take hold of what is their source of power, so they could become powerless for them to rule them entirely. It became a war and Ken Prempe was captured. So during that time, there was a name that emerged, a female that led the Ashanti kingdom into war against the British. Her name is Nana Yasantua. She is the queen mother of Ajuso in Ashanti region. She gathered some of the chiefs and invoked some courage into them that what the British are doing is unheard of and so that they should gather themselves and fight against the British. And they fought against the British for three years. But eventually the British emerged victorious. And they were able to exile King Prempe to the Seychelles Islands. Drums, when we were getting ready to go to war, it is a mixed chanting and singing and drumming. When we are about to go to war, we prepare ourselves for the war. There is something we say in our local parlance, we call it Asakra, Asakra, Asakra. Asakra means to change. So even if you're not in the mood for war, you are seeing these chanting songs and it will, it will gradually change your mood. Asakra, Asakra. The songs will heat your spirit up when that ritual is going on. Before King Prempe was finally sent to the Seychelles Island, he was taken to Virginia. 
from the late 1500s until like the early 1600s, slavery began on the continent of Africa, which we know as the transatlantic slave trade. The British, the Portuguese, the Spanish were the main colonialists that went into Africa to initiate the slave trade with other African nations. The most prominent facilitators of the slave trade were the British. And when the British went into Africa, the first place that they set up their other end of the slave trade was in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 1619, that's when some of the first enslaved peoples were brought to Virginia. That's when the colonists set up, you know, what we know today as Jamestown. I am Haki Kweli Shakur. I'm a historian from Virginia, and I've been doing extensive research on the Akan drum over the last 10 years. The Akan drum, it traveled to Virginia on a slave ship. They say that the drum was brought on the ship by a son of an African chief. Others say that the drum was brought on the ship by the European settlers who brought these enslaved peoples on the ship. When I first saw the drum, I was a little emotional because it reminded me of over 400 years ago when my forefathers, through the transatlantic slave trade, taking to Virginia and later to elsewhere in the world, took my mind back to the kind of scenes that was picturing in my eyes when my grannies were telling me the story of our forefathers being enslaved and the way they were enslaved and how they were treated on the ship and how they were killed, slaughtered anyhow. It gave me that thought and it was going through my head and I could imagine the pictures of how it, it all happened. Now we have so many black communities in America, in West Indies, in Virginia, South America, and all these places. When the drum was brought to the colony of Virginia, it was obtained by this reverend by the name Reverend Clark. And he did that on behalf of one of the uh, most notorious British collectors by the name of Sir Hans Sloan. He wanted to take that type of artifact back to the British Empire as a collection item. We don't know the deep, extensive history of how Reverend Clark got the drum, but he got the drum and he handed over the drum to um, Sir Hans Sloan and took it back to the British Empire. If a drum is from Africa, if a drum is from Ghana, if a drum is from Ashanti, and it's found in Virginia, every finger points to the fact that it was taken on a slave ship and brought there. They stole our ancestors. So I just find it very disrespectful to our ancestors that you would take that and try to take it back to Britain, put it on display. It's a, it's a symbolism of, of mockery. If it was returned to Virginia, it would it would mean to African Americans of African descent is a sense of what I say identity and reestablishing our ties to our identity and our ancestry. I think it would bring a sense of starting to repair. I work at the Kumasi Cultural Center. My duty is to preserve, protect, and propagate 
the culture of my motherland, the culture of my homeland. So we are trying to teach the little ones, this is what we are made of and this is what we should keep and maintain and not to go too Western, but also keep ourselves as true Africans, true Guineans, true Ashantis and true Akans so that we can we we will not forget our identity as a people so many of us are starting to reconnect with our ancestry back in africa a couple of years ago ghana had this thing called the return to uh, uh ghana for african-americans who are descendants of of, of a con people of african people of ghana you know bringing that drum back to virginia will also reestablish that powerful connection that they have already sparked I think the drum is our drum, Ghanaian Ashanti people. The drum is an Akan, the drum is an Ashanti, so the drum should be brought back to Ashanti land. They have a rightful, you know, you know, heir to that drum. So it's theirs. It was created there, you know, in, in, in the 1700s in Ghana. So for them to want the drum to come back to Ghana, I, I think it still would be a powerful symbolism also for African-Americans as well, because at the same time, like I said, if they take it back to where it came from, we still can feel great about that because we can still go to Ghana. They don't have no argument to keep something from a, a people that you enslaved. I don't think that it's right. Why should an Arkan drum be at a British museum? You didn't create that drum. You didn't make the drum. You enslaved them. You murdered them. Why would you want to keep something that your people did to another people horrifically and dehumanized and violated their human rights? If the British want to show or keep drums or artifacts, they should keep artifacts of their own. Why should they take an Akan drum and keep it in their museum? The longer that you hold on to that drum, means that you co-sign what you did to our ancestors. So I think it is prudent that it bring it back to its roots. podcast was produced by Jesse Lawson with research from Marta Vanderwolf. This episode features original drumming from Ernest Domfer and sounds from BP or Not BP. The Unfiltered History Tour is a Vice World News production. <laughs>